Start that. Check, check, check. Get that where I want it. Right about there. Yep, 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 yep. Louder, louder, louder. Check, check, check. This thing is weird. Let's see here. What's going on? What's going on? It's Monday, and this is the Tamale Mafia podcast, a place where everything and nothing collide. And I'm your host, Aaron. A Aaron. Yes, I've seen the video. Everybody always asks me, "Have you seen that?" Yeah, it was like five years ago, wasn't it? When that came out, the uh, Key and Peel, the teacher substitute teacher episode. You done messed up now, A Aaron. Changed my life. I'd never been called A Aaron before. That video came out and it was like, I would go get fast food and people would be like, ha ha, A-A-Ron. Like, yes, I know. I've seen the video. <laughs> Leave me alone. Uh, anyway, we are back in the studio. Let's do this. Get that going. And um, I've got a uh, special silent guest sitting next to me today. Um, all the way from way out of town, from the middle of nowhere. Because that's where you spend most of your time, right? These days, yeah, middle yeah. of nowhere. So um, if I can get him on the mic, we'll get some mic time. If not, he's just going to hang out with me here. But it's my, my cousin, Russ. Hey, hey. From back in the day. Back in the day. Just realized you're four years older than me. I knew you were older, but I could never really pinpoint the, the time. So four, four years. It's not, that's not that much. But, uh, yeah, so we, we go way back. Um, pretty much to the time of my birth. Yeah, I did a pretty good job of uh, covering up that time with immaturity. So, yeah. <laughs> so you just you just covered the time with immaturity. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and we're pretty close. Yeah, so if you yeah, well, we've been having that kind of discussion, kind of an ongoing discussion about um, what it means to be a man and masculinity and maturity and those kind of things um what's expected of us uh culturally and, and things as as we grow from from boyhood to manhood uh and that's one of the things that um keeps coming up in the conversation that i have with people is like uh i am sometimes shocked that i'm an adult <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, it's like sometimes I have to remind myself, like, holy shit, I'm a grown ass man. I'm almost 40 fucking years old. Dude, I think about where my parents were at, at my age. I'm like, dude, I'm like way behind the curve. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I, I agree. Well, I don't know. Actually, I don't know that I agree because <laughs> I think uh, did. And I never asked him the question, but I think did my dad feel like I feel right now when he was 38? That's a good question. <laughs> he probably did. Did he feel like a grown-ass man? Probably not. He was probably sitting there every day going, holy shit, I'm an adult. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I have kids and fucking a house and like, you know. Yeah. It just feels wild. Like sometimes you just, 
like mentally I'm not I'm not there like where I feel like I should be. But then everybody I talk to says the same exact fucking thing. Yeah. So it's like everybody, every guy that I know is always has always said, I don't feel like a grown man. I feel like I'm 15 still or or whatever, you know. <laughs> and so uh, when I was a kid and I saw and I looked at adults, I thought, man, these people got it all figured out. You know, these people got it all together and I'm relying on them for my, for my everything, you know? And then now that I'm here on this side of it, I'm like, holy shit, were they as scared as I am? (laughs) I remember whenever I was a teenager and they're like, oh, that's a 20 year old. Oh man, they're an adult, you know? Yeah. Now you look at a 20 year old and they're like, oh man, it's a kid. It's a little kid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I mean, when I see somebody in their early twenties, I call them a kid, you know, yeah. like that kid. They're like, Oh, that's a man. I'm like, no, it's not a man. <laughs> that's a kid. You know, I'm still a kid and I'm, like I said, almost 40. But my son was saying, uh, recently he was like, uh, something about being, being an adult. And, uh, you know, I, I guess the, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something along the lines of like the, the idea of when you're an adult, you got, you got, you kind of got it figured out, you know. You have a plan. You yeah. have. I was like, you don't even know, bro. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, no, I can't even tell you. I can't tell you, man. Like, you just got to get there, and you'll see. It is fucking scary on this side of it too, but I can't tell you what it's like. I'm like, you just got to get there. So, yeah. yeah, man. Oh, let's do this real quick. Let's see. Uh, hang on. find this podcast no, I don't. if you if you're listening to this how the fuck do you not know where to find it <laughs> i don't understand this at all and you know i've said this before i'm like hey i don't know why i have to say this but i do and i'm the person that told me but i'm not really the person that told me to say this stuff like i had somebody who does this stuff for a living who, who like uh builds multimedia campaigns around new shows and stuff and they gave me their top 10, like their pointers list on how to build an audience. And this was like the number one or number two thing. Like every few minutes, break in with where to find the podcast. And it doesn't make any fucking sense to me. But I keep doing it. Because I'm like, how are you listening to this? How, how, what good is it for me to tell you where to find the podcast if you're already listening to it? And if you're not, how the fuck are you going to hear me say it? <laughs> it makes no sense. But... Oh, they're at a stop. Hey, hey, guy next to me in the stoplight. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, I'm talking to you. Turn that shit down, motherfucker. Listen to this. You know where to find this podcast? Spotify, iTunes, Podcast Addict, Overcast. Don't go to SoundCloud. Uh, you know, SoundCloud, they'll only let you upload two episodes and then you got to pay. Uh, so you could go to SoundCloud. You'll get the same two episodes because I ain't paying shit for that. <laughs> until it gets some, until somebody's like, "Hey, man, I was listening to you on SoundCloud, and there's only two episodes." Then I might drop some money on it. <laughs> but until then, I ain't paying shit for that. Uh, you can go to shows.pippa.io forward slash Tamale Mafia, or for more information about the Tamale Mafia podcast, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Tamale Mafia, where you will find. 
no additional information about the Tamale Mafia podcast because there ain't shit on there about it either. <laughs> Check out this music, dude. This music's brought to you by Ben Sound. Bensound.com. told you earlier i had a story i was gonna tell you about work yeah <laughs> man this, this there's this uh it was this been raining a lot lately you know mm-hmm. and uh at least where we are i don't know wherever part of the country Everywhere. you are uh on certain days of the week but here in east texas beautiful east texas um it's been raining a lot and and so i got a call one day from the from our base and they were like hey can you go help this lady who got stuck in the mud oh. and i was like okay i mean i'll go try it's like i don't know what i can do it's like my little patrol car is doesn't have chains or four-wheel drive or anything so it's not there's only so much <laughs> i can do you know yeah but i'll go make sure she's okay and kind of all that stuff so i go over there and um to her <laughs> i go to her house and uh she's she's still sitting in her car and she was she was really old, really really old, and so I I pull uh, I go past her, turn around, come back, park behind her, put the lights on and everything, let traffic know they got to go around. And so she had come from across the street, her driveway, and um, she said that she was backing out of her driveway, and then she saw a car coming, and so she hit her brakes to stop from backing out, but somehow she ended up in the ditch across the street. <laughs> so. I'm thinking she hit her gas pedal instead of her brakes, right? Mm -hmm. So I tell her, like, oh, my God, did your brakes not work? And she goes, well, eventually they did. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, I'm like, are you okay? She's like, I'm fine. But her car was like she came across the street backwards, and then on her way into the ditch, she turned. So she was kind of like parallel into the ditch now, halfway down in the ditch. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, just deep stuck in the mud. And you could tell she had been spinning her tires trying to get out. And so I go around the other side of her car to see how deep it's stuck in the mud. And it's like to the frame. Dang. And so I come back around and I'm like, I, I don't think it's gonna you're going to be able to get out on your own. You know, yeah. she was like, well, do you think you could drive it out? You could try. I was like, I can try. But, you know, I'm it's probably not much I can do, you know. Yeah. And so she's like, OK, well, so she starts to get out of the car and. I noticed, like, in her passenger seat, there's a cane. Oh, wow. And so I'm like, maybe she's... Uh, handicapped. Ha- yeah, handicapped or something. You know, there's there's something going on there. Maybe she's she's going to need some help walking. And so um, I uh, proceed to... Try to get you in on this a little bit better. Um, and so I, I help her get out of the car. And, you know, the car's at an angle, so I'm having to, like, pull her out of her seat. And, and dude, her legs are, like, not working. Yeah. Like, she she puts them down on the ground, but there's – you could tell, like, that she's not on stable Damn. ground. On, she has no foundation, you know? And so she was still on the side of the road, and so I told her, I said, okay, come up here and get on the street where it's, like, flat and solid, you know? Yeah. And, she her, like, her feet are, like, shuffling weird. Like, she doesn't – I'm like, dude, how did – I mean – 
this seems like more than just a cane kind of problem, you know? Yeah. And so I'm thinking, I mean, can she walk? I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything about <laughs> her. And so I get her up like on the street and she's like gripping like death grip onto my arm. Dang. And so I carefully like walk her over. I'm like, okay, she's, she really is not going to do well on her own. So I, I walk her over to a mailbox nearby, yeah. and I tell her, like, hold on to the mailbox. Just stand right here. Hold on to the mailbox, you know, in the solid ground. Stay on the street. You'll be fine. So she stands. She grabs the, the mailbox, and so I go back to her car. She's got a Cadillac. It's a Cadillac little SUV, one of those little uh, mini SUV Cadillacs, yeah. whatever that model is. STX? Or yeah, something like that, yeah. STX. Something. Anyway, I, I can't get in the car. I'm too big for the car, dude. <laughs> I don't, I don't fit in. I don't, I don't fit in the, in the Cadillac, dude. Um, have I told this story on the podcast before? No, I have not heard this yet. Okay, I've told this story a few times. I'm trying to think if I, I'm trying to think maybe I told this on the podcast before, but I don't remember it. Okay, if I've told this before, I apologize, guys. But uh, you're gonna hear it again. Um. Anyway, I don't fit in the Cadillac. Okay. And so I'm like, okay, well maybe let me uh, move the seat back or something, right? And I just, dude, I can't get in. <laughs> I try ass first, and I got stuck. My shoulder, like where the door frame is, is hits my shoulder. My whole yeah. head. I'm not tall. Uh-uh. I'm like, how does do people fit in this car? I mean, I can't do it. And so I, I go leg in, ass cheek. My head is out. Is like my ear is smashed up against the top of the car. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I don't fit in here. How is this possible? <laughs> yeah, yeah. An SUV, a small SUV. Yeah, I couldn't get in the car, dude. <laughs> and so while I'm trying to fuck with the seat, I hear, oh. Somebody in the back. I turn around. Little old lady is gone. She has, she's gone, disappeared. She does, she's not on the street or at the mailbox. Okay. Gone. I'm like, where the fuck did she go? <laughs> and so I walked to the back of the car. Dude, she was laying in the ditch. What? Half covered in mud and submerged in water. Oh my goodness. What, how'd she do that? Dude, she was in a position. That was like a cartoon chalk outline. <laughs> she was in the most awkward, uncomfortable-looking fucking position in the ditch. Her eyes half open, her mouth gaped open. I'm like, oh, my God, she died. Oh, no. And I'm like, I'm looking at her, and, and then as I'm staring at her, she goes, ah. <laughs> I go, what happened? She goes, I fell in the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> in the same ditch your car stuck in. <laughs> I go, I left you by the mailbox. How did you end up over here? Oh, man. And she's like, I wanted to see how stuck the car was in the mud. I'm like, you can't walk. <laughs> how do you think you're going to navigate a wet, muddy ditch? Oh, my goodness. I was like. Do I need to call an ambulance? Are you okay? Going through like safety protocols and safety checks, you know, with yeah. this lady. <laughs> she like, 
I, she goes, I'm, I'm checking my system. <laughs> checking <laughs> for injuries. <laughs> she did her own system check. Meanwhile, there's like four Mexicans that were painting a house nearby. Uh-huh. And they come running over and they like helped her up. And like one guy walked her in back into her house. Uh-huh. And so, um, and so the, the other guys, the, uh, there's, there's so the other three Mexican guys are like, well, let's see if we can push it, right? Yeah. And so I told the smallest one, I go, hey, dude, I don't fit in the fucking car, man. You get in there. <laughs> and so, so he hops in, and he goes, uh, what do I do? And so, <laughs> and so the other guy goes, you gotta, you gotta put it in drive. <laughs> From the behind, right? He's yeah. behind, like ready to push. Yeah. Put it in drive. And he goes. The Y. <laughs> he goes, the D. Put it in the D. <laughs> so, oh, the D. <laughs> so he shifts it into the D. And now they're pushing. Just spinning tires, you know. Yeah. I go, yeah, guys, I didn't think it was going to work, you know. Yeah. And so I close up, lock up her car and get everything, you know, get her purse and stuff. Her phone. I go into her house, and she's sitting in a chair now. She's covered in mud and all wet and stuff. Yeah. So I go in, and I'm like, hey, are you okay? And, um, oh, man, probably way too far away from this. Oh, well, we'll fix it later. Um, so I go, I, I go, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And so uh, I say, here's your purse, and here's your phone. And so she grabs her purse and she's digging through it and digging through it and digging through it. And she's like, I can't find my phone. I'm like, I just said it right here. I was like, here it is right here. She's like, oh, okay. And she kind of looks at me like with this look, like I'm not crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, geez. And so she's, I said, uh, do you need anything else from me? And she goes, I need my bag. Okay. She goes, it's a black and white bag. It's in the passenger seat. Okay. So I go out to the car. There's no black and white bag. In the passenger seat, mm-hmm. check the back seat, check the, the pop the hatch. You know, there's not in the hatch. I go back inside. I was like, "There's no black bag." She goes, "Yes, it's black and white. It's on the passenger floorboard." Okay, I go back out there. <laughs> I look again. I'm like, "There's nothing here but a box of tissues." You know? Yeah. And so I go back in. I'm like, "Yeah, I didn't find it." And she was like, "Oh, it's in my husband's car. Sorry." <laughs> like, God dang it! So, I told her to sit. Sit tight, call a wrecker to come pull her car out. You know, she'll be fine. And so I go on about my business. Later, I come back and the wrecker's there. So I stop. And as I'm walking past her car to go talk to the wrecker driver, I see her sitting in her car. What? <laughs> and, I go, and the cane's still in there? It like scared me, dude. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah. And so I, I go to the wrecker driver. Hey, Riley, get over there. Go. You're annoying. Go on. My dog. Anyway, so I go to the record driver, and I'm like, hey, dude, was she sitting in the car when you got here? He was like, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? How did she get in the car again? Oh, man. And so he goes to the car, and he's like, ma'am, you know, I, I need to get in the car, so you need to get out of the car. Oh, man. And so he, like, full on is trying to grab her and help her pull her out of this car. She can't get out now. And so 
He's trying to leverage her out of the car. He's got her like a harness trying to lift her up out of the car. He's got a wrecker, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This lady's tiny, thankfully. Yeah. She's tiny. But because if she was like a big mama, I mean, it would have been a whole different story. <laughs> um, but anyway, he finally pulls her out of the car. And again, her feet aren't working. And so uh, we both of us walk her to the middle of the street and she goes, okay, I'm fine. You can let go of me now. And so he lets her go and dude, she's timber, like a, like a tree timber. I mean, oh she is goodness. like from standing straight to just, she's going. Falling over. Huh? Yeah. And I'm thinking she's going to smash her head on this concrete on the street, you know? And so I just reach out my arm and she grabs a hold of me and like, I pull her back up, you know, wow. and I'm like, what in the world are you doing out here? And where's your cane? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. And so she grabs onto my arm and I walk her back into her house. I'm like, stay in here, you know. Dang. So go back out. I tell the record driver, hey, man, this lady, she fell down in the ditch earlier, you know. Yeah. And so when I had walked her in, she was like, um, <laughs> she goes, when I fell in the ditch, I lost a hearing aid. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, can you help me find it? Oh, my God. So I'm over there in the ditch looking for her, her hearing aid. I never found it. Um, but, but so the, the wrecker guy, he, he, I mean, he had to chain it and pull it like three times to get it up out of the ditch. Dang. He pulled, finally gets it up, and then um, he's like, <laughs> while he was pulling it, I turn around and she's like standing in the window, like, <laughs> like, Dang, like that creepy, little, man. yeah, like creepy, like standing in the window, staring out, you know? Oh, man. And so I, I just kind of happened to like, look back and I was like, yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> fucking lady just keeps showing up in places, man. And so, uh, I'm talking to, I was talking to the record driver and he goes, Hey man, here she comes again. And I turn around and here she comes. She's walking across her front yard Dang. and I go, what are you doing? And she's like, I just want to make sure he's not going to take my car and he's going to put it in the driveway. I'm like, yeah, he'll put it in the driveway. <laughs> but I don't want him to take it. And I'm like, he's not going to take it. Just go inside. <laughs> so send her back inside. Finally, we get the car in the driveway. It's all covered in mud. It's all tore up. Well, not tore up, but it's just all messy, messy and stuff. The ground's all tore up. And so he goes, yeah, I need her to sign this paperwork. So I take him to the garage door, which where kind of like her entrance in and out, yeah. you know knock on the door and stuff, and she's not coming. And I'm like, dude, I just put her in here. You know, like, she's in the car. I know she's in here. <laughs> she came from around the front of the house, <laughs> like, down, up the driveway. Like, she's playing, y'all. like, <laughs> She's playing, y'all. <laughs> like, oh, my God, dude. She's, just, she's sneaky. Like, she just kept yeah. popping up in places. It was weird. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Dang. Yeah, that's just a, another day in the job. <laughs> Sometimes it's a raccoon running down the street. Sometimes it's an old lady in the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, man? Oh, look at that. Look at that. Beautiful. We almost nailed it perfect. All right, ready for this? Let's do this again. Huh.
can send the Tamale Mafia podcast link to somebody. Be like, yo, dude, check this out. Right? You can send it to people you like. You can send it to people you don't like. <laughs> yeah. If you think this podcast sucks, just send it to everybody you hate. <laughs> Your whole list. Listen to this shit. <laughs> yeah. You can try that. Send it to your friends. Send it to your pastor. Yeah. <laughs> like, his language is a little salty sometimes. <laughs> But he has a good heart. <laughs> Yo, pastor, check this shit out. Hey, Ben Sound, thanks for the music. Don't sue me. said uh my my uh, studio hangout buddy here would be a silent partner but he's gotten on the mic some from a distance yeah from a distance so we didn't actually mic him up because he was like i'm not gonna talk i'm just gonna hang out um and so if if you can't hear him that's because we designed it that way <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you're not you're not actually supposed to hear him but if you can hear him it's it's a bonus. There you go. Yeah, it's like a little prize. Uh, you got to get the earbuds in, in a quiet space. Yeah. Listen real carefully. You'll hear him pop up. I'm I'm mic shy. Yeah, he's he's mic shy, but he's not anything else shy. <laughs> but uh, dude, it is a rare occasion these days that uh, that I can sit in a room with someone who actually physically met the person this whole Tamale Mafia podcast is named after or the reason why this Tamale Mafia podcast exists. <laughs> so I I don't think we've ever I've ever really delved into the story much about him um and why I named the podcast the way I did. Last week I said the uh podcast was named Tamale Mafia because branding purposes there's nothing else called tamale mafia ever um google us we're the only thing that exists is tamale mafia um and also because of a spanish italian heritage um and so the tamales being spanish and the mafia being italian right <laughs> just kind of the the two That's things perfect, the two things i could think of that represent those cultures you know um but also the reason that i was that I picked the uh, idea of mafia was because my grandfather on my mom's side was a really badass dude in like the most badass kind of way that you can be a badass dude. And, uh, and so I, he, he passed away 
almost exactly one month. It was like one month and a day before I was born. So I almost got to meet him. Which made me exactly four years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you your birthday's in June, June, right? So, yeah, so Russ was like exactly four years old and had, had spent some time mm-hmm. with uh, Grandpa Jerry, as he was known. Yeah. Um, but his real name was... Ted Alta. Yeah, if, if, you're, if you don't know how to roll your R's, it's Gerardo, <laughs> which is just a cool name. Yeah. Uh, it's where I got my middle name. Um, and so he, he was Gerardo and, uh, he was, uh, just a really like a tough guy, but extremely well-respected. Yeah. And, um, I always heard stories about him from the family and I, I never like, I, I never got I always regret, regretted that I never got the chance to meet him because I, <laughs> no, I was, yeah, it was not my fault. Um, but you know, it was like one of those things, like, I wish I could have met this guy, you know? And, uh, but one of the, one of the things about him, I think that was when you say it was not my fault. I mean, he was really old, but you know what? He knew of you though, right? He did. Yeah. yeah. He knew I was coming. Yeah. And, uh, I wonder if he knew, did he know that I had his name, that I was going to get his name? Yeah, I was I don't, only four, so. <laughs> but I didn't know if you'd heard stories yeah, growing up or not. Yeah, I don't know if I've well, ever asked my mom. Your mom, I guess. Yeah, but. I'm sure he did by then. I mean, you were, you know. Yeah. Eight months already in, so. Yeah, but I just didn't know if it was like a thing that she decided after the fact. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. But um, he was, he was like in the terms of family, he was pretty old. When even when he started his family, he, he was, was he was much older yeah. than, and, and so he was like thirty five when he married our grandmother, who yeah. was like fifteen, yeah, at the time, and and so of amongst his brothers and sisters, he was like older, mm-hmm. but later starting his family. So a lot of their his my mom's like cousins and stuff yeah. were much older than she is, yeah. And, and we're talking about Mexican culture, you know, what, 60 years ago, right? I mean, yeah. you know, you, you can't judge that by today's standards. Oh, the fact that she was, you know that she was I mean, 15 or whatever? bad and everything, but back then in Mexican culture, yeah. it's pretty normal. You yeah, know? yeah. And um, so a lot of the people that knew him and, and grew up around him and stuff have already passed away. So a lot of the stories about him or dying off, you know? And so I heard stories about him from my mom and my grandmother and stuff. And, you know, I was like, God, this guy sounds like he was really interesting and funny. And they, they told certain stories about him that stuck out to me as like, that's not normal behavior, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Like even, even when you look back and go, okay, well that was a different time. You know, things were different back then. That's true, but even for back then, some of the stuff he pulled off was pretty out there, you know? <laughs> and they talk, they talked about him like that's just who he was and what he did and stuff, you know? Yeah. But I heard these stories, and so, like, one of the stories, even in, in him marrying my grandmother, that whole story blew my mind from the beginning because she was the daughter of his neighbor, right? They lived next door to each other. Mm-hmm. And she, she, her, her dad, 
her mom died when she was like 12 and her dad had all these kids that he didn't know what to do with. And so he was going to send her off to be a nun. Yeah. And she didn't want to go. So step in grandpa, Jerry, he's like, just goes to his neighbor's house and is like, Hey, you're not going to send her to be a nun. Cause she don't want to go. She's going to come live with me now. <laughs> And the dude agreed. (laughs) And I'm like, even for back then, those are some pretty high stakes, man. Yeah. I mean, you just walk over to the dude's house and like, hey, I'm taking your daughter. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to ship her away to someplace she doesn't want to be. Yeah. She doesn't want nothing to do with that life. She would have been a good nun, though. Honestly. She would have been a saint. She was. Yeah. (laughs) She would have been voted a saint for sure. sure. The, the, the saint of, t- of tamales. Or, <laughs> yeah. Or, or tortillas. The pa- patron saint of... T- <laughs> the matron saint of tamales or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Time for a drink. The best tamales you'll ever eat, too, man. There's no tamales like those tamales, man. Yeah, dude. And mo- most anything she made, there was nothing like oh, what man. she made. I was thinking yeah. about her burgers the other day. She would make these little burgers in like a, a... Everything she made was like small because her hands were small. Yeah, she was tiny, <laughs> and she would make little food. But, like, she... I don't know what it was about her burgers, but I think it was the fact that she used a uh, cast iron skillet to make them in. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's just untouchable. <laughs> like, amazing. Yep. But, anyway, so so the stories about him, like, first of all, taking your your neighbor's daughter to be your wife, like just making that decision <laughs> Dude, I, and everybody goes along with it. Like, <laughs> Hey, Gerardo said, <laughs> you know, Gerardo says that we got to do what Gerardo that, says. That is the wildest thing, man. Yeah. And so they got married. She was 15. He was 35 and they started their life. And then she, they had a couple of kids and stuff. And, uh, dogs barking. Um, and, and so then they would like other stories I heard about him was like that, you know, somebody was messing with him, I guess in, in the, like a road rage incident or something. Mm -hmm. And he pulled the car over and got a tire iron out of the trunk and you like called the guy out, like, come on, let's go, Uh you know? And I was like, that's not normal behavior. (laughs) Well, today it might be. But back then, it was a lot less normal. Well, the part about it that I found abnormal was who gets a tire iron. Yeah. That is some gangster shit. <laughs> like, you know, a normal guy might might have an argument. Yeah. You might want to throw some fists. Yeah. A tire iron? <laughs> That's a very specific tool. Yeah. You know? You have to have it ready, too. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's done that before. <laughs> you know what I mean? He keeps it right there. Yeah, like, like that's not, that didn't just happen yeah. accidentally. Like, yeah. you know. And then my mom was telling me that one time uh, they were in the car. They were all in the car. Mm-hmm. And he was driving, of course, because um, grandmother never drove. And, uh, and, and some guy walked up to their window, and they got in an argument. And the guy was talking shit. To Grandpa Jerry from outside the car. Grandpa Jerry's inside the car. And Grandpa Jerry reached out the window, grabbed the dude by the collar, 
pulled him into the car and beat his face in. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> just grabbed him, just beat, I mean, just beat him <laughs> sitting down yeah. in the driver's seat, mm-hmm. beat the shit out of this dude. And my grandma was screaming, the kids, the kids are in the car, the kids are in the car. Yeah. And so my grandpa, like, let him go, you know, <laughs> tossed the guy out and took off. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. First of all, that is a man, that's a man move. Yeah. That is some, uh, again, gangster shit. Yeah. When you're sitting down, you've, you're at a disadvantage to begin with. Yeah. And you get the one up on this guy. Yeah. And yeah, because he's expecting you to come out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> no, he just reached out, just bang, bang, bang. And then for my grandmother's response to be the kids are in the car, I'm like, oh, that, that, that's some shit that's gone down when the kids weren't in the car. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> You know? It was, like, it was like, oh, don't do it now because the kids are in the car. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, he's done some stuff. <laughs> they both have seen some stuff. And so I was real intrigued by the, by those stories and the fact that in their neighborhood, if something went down, they would come get him. Hey, yeah. this guy's messing with us. He would go handle business, you know. Um, and then where things really took a turn for me is my mom always said they were poor growing up. Yeah, She's always said that. And by all accounts, they were. I mean, if you look at where they lived, the house they lived in, a one-bedroom house uh, with a no, like they had to take showers in the backyard with a hose, you know, like that's where they lived growing up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he sold eggs to make ends meet, you know, and I was like, that's where, that's where my first real major question took place. Yeah. When I said, he sold eggs, but he had no chickens. You know, so I'm going, where did he get the eggs? Yeah. If he had no chickens and, and what kept other people from just going, why would they buy from him? Yeah. Why couldn't they just go where he was going? Cause he's obviously getting them cheaper and marking them up to make a profit. You know what I mean? <laughs> How much is he getting these eggs for? Yeah. If he can afford to go get them, bring them home, package them and sell them to the neighborhood. Yeah. And the neighborhood buys from him. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that didn't make sense to me. To begin with. And then the stories of my mom was like saying that he had accounts with stores and stuff around where he would tell her, go down and get whatever you want and tell him I sent you. Dang. And so she would go down to the store and say, my dad sent me. And they would literally tell her, okay, whatever you want. Yeah. She would get dresses. She would get candies, toys, what? whatever she wanted. And so I was like, that's not poor people stuff, first of all. (laughs) Poor people don't operate like that. (laughs) Like, you know, I don't I I don't think I grew up super poor. I mean we didn't have to shower in the backyard with a hose. Yeah, we didn't have that kind of (laughs) Yeah, but we didn't have privileges like that. (laughs) There was no store I could walk into. (laughs) My dad sent me. Oh yeah? Well tell your dad. (laughs) Did did he send you with a credit card? (laughs) Did he send you with his wallet? (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, dude. So these little stories were sticking out to me like there was more to this than meets the eye, you know? And then dig a little further and it's like, oh, he had a construction business with his brothers. Mm-hmm. 
they did asphalt and they hauled dirt and they had these dump trucks and stuff. And I was like, sounds pretty mafia, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, um, so I asked my mom, I was like, did he ever have like meetings at the house, you know, where men would come over? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, where, where they wear suits and stuff. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, and she said it was a deal where the, the men would come over. They would sit around the table. The children had to be outside. They weren't allowed in. Mm-hmm. And the women stayed in the kitchen while the men met. Dang. And then once the men had met and eaten their dinners, the men would get up and go outside. Then the women and children could eat. And that's how they functioned. And I was like, I've read that in a book, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I saw that in a movie. It's called The Godfather. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so he, I think he, I think he had uh, some other businesses, business intentions, you know, things that he was working on. I, th- I think eggs, selling eggs was to, to, to account for the cash that he had on him. <laughs> Yeah. It's those money laundering side. Yeah. I mean, he had... You're going to buy these eggs. Right? You're going to buy these eggs or or else, right, kind of a thing. Yeah. You buy your eggs from me from now on. That's all there is to it. But Gerardo said we buy our eggs from him. They're probably more like cascarones with something inside them, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. You never know. But two other things that stood out to me were that he had um, he had a close relationship with a priest from their from their local Catholic church yeah over there in their community you know mm-hmm. and he had a very close relationship with a doctor yeah and those two things are like odd you know not everybody has those two guys on their on their yeah, list you know yeah and uh, my mom said that that she remembers him going to meet with the priest but they had to go like into a back alley what? and he told he told her and your your dad right her brother yeah. told them to kind of hang out for a sec while he talked business with wow. the man and then they walked over and they talked and then when they came back the priest handed each of them a silver dollar coin and wow. uh and then they just went on their way you know yeah and i was like not, that's not normal stuff, you know. <laughs> My dad never did that, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so um, I think I have a theory on what he was doing uh, and what he was into, but it's, it's, there's no evidence because all, any kind of evidence that really existed is, is gone, yeah. you know. So I spent some time um, down in San Antonio like trying to research and find out as much as I could about him. And I developed a theory on what he was into, but uh, I'll get into that. We're going to take a break and then I'll get into the theory. And then when we come back, theory time. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, 
other places. <laughs> Pretty much any place you can get your, your podcast, you're going to find us there. Go to shows.pipa.io forward slash tamale mafia. Nobody's going there. Nobody's going to remember that and type that in. I don't even know. I wouldn't know if I didn't read it every day. Uh, or you can go to facebook.com forward slash tamale mafia. And all you're going to get there is links to the episodes. That's it. Don't expect anything else. You can send me a message. Nobody's ever done that. But, uh, yeah. Find us in places. I mean, you're already listening to this. Fuck. I was in San Antonio, and I went to the to the library there. And the library uh, has a lot of information. Like, really, it's mm-hmm. a great library there in San Antonio, Tejas. Um, it's enchilada red. It is enchilada red. Yeah. And when I see it, it makes me hungry. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, oh, I'll take a bite out of the corner of this building. Um, but it's a great library. And uh, I found very, very little information about our, our grandpa. Yeah. Because he did not trust the government. And he uh, he thought the government was a, a big scam. Man. And he didn't want the government to know shit about him. Pretty smart. Yeah. Pretty smart. So he basically lied <laughs> 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 on the census and stuff. He really only shows up twice. Oh, yeah? In his lifetime. Wow. On the census that I could find. And, uh, and um, both times he, he like... Uh, I gotta sneeze. Oh, his allergies are killing me. Um, both times on the census, he calls himself a truck driver. That he is a business owner, an entrepreneur, but he makes zero yearly income. <laughs> <laughs> he claimed zero as his yearly income, <laughs> which is awesome. Um, and his brothers did exactly the same thing. Did they really? Yeah, they all claimed truck drivers, entrepreneurs. Zero income. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I think, because I, I, they were probably into other stuff, you know. They were probably into several things. Yeah. Um, I know one of his pastimes, according to our grandmother, uh, that he liked to do on the weekends, certain days of the weekend, like Friday nights, he liked to go down to the hospital and sit in the uh, the doorway where the ambulances would bring in people. Yeah. And he uh, he had a thing for gunshot victims. He liked seeing them as they were coming in. And that's what she told me. <laughs> but I I don't know if maybe he was, like, checking that specific people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> were, were being brought in at the right time. That's you know what I mean? pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but she said that he got a kick out of that. And I'm like, hmm. Doesn't add up. <laughs> Not normal. <laughs> Not normal behavior. Um, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Like making sure they got it or something. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. And um, when I was going through all this research and stuff, uh, one of one of his nephews, one of the cousins, found out that I was digging into the past, 
and he wanted to talk to me. He said he had some stories to tell and um, some things to back up some things that I that were that I was thinking. But he passed away before I could get down there and talk to him. Yeah. And uh, that was uh, Caesar, I think. One of those guys. Yeah. And he 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 really, really wanted to talk to me, but I just couldn't get down there in time. And he passed away unexpectedly. I wasn't ready for that. So, um, but I think he could have cooperated or at least shed some light on some things. But he told my mom a couple of things that I didn't, that she didn't know over the phone. And she, she passed it on. But the doctor that they were friends with, that the brothers were friends with, um, he got in trouble. And when he got, I think he got arrested. And, uh, when he, when he did, his dad called the brothers in the middle of the night oh, wow. and told them, go to the office and clean it. No joke. And the brothers went to the doctor's office in the middle of the night and wiped it clean Whoa. and took a bunch of stuff out of it. And Caesar had some of the stuff that they took out that was passed down to him. Yeah, and he was going to share it with me, but I didn't get to Man. it. Yeah. So, what was that about, you know? And I was thinking, okay, that's not normal at all. Uh-uh. And how would the doctor's dad know to, call them? know to call them? And they handled it, whatever it was. And they knew how to handle it. They knew what so it if meant. If told me to go to the doctor's office and clean it, I'd probably go and <laughs> take some bleach with me and, you know, disinfect it. Give a mop and some, <laughs> some yellow gloves, yeah. rubber gloves, a little apron. Yeah, that toilet's real clean. <laughs> Police raid the next day. Yeah. I told you to clean it. I did. It was spotless. <laughs> that mirror was so clean. Not even a sprinkle of water on it. Everything's all tidied up. For them. <laughs> I, I even, I even, uh, you know, organized it and everything. <laughs> I left all the evidence in nice little stacks. Yeah. <laughs> but also, when I was in San Antonio, I was meeting with this guy, who was an older gentleman who had been there his whole life, and he said, "What neighborhood was your? Did your grandfather live in?" And so I, I told him. We looked it on the map and stuff. And he was telling me that back in those days, it was a really um, high traffic area for trafficking illegals, Mm. uh, farm workers. And what they would do is that neighborhood had chicken coops built in backyards, Mm -hmm. but they had no chickens. That's where the illegals would live. So they would traffic them up into the neighborhood, disperse them, keep them in these chicken coops until they found a farm for them to go to, then traffic them out to the farm. So I'm thinking this is why the eggs were important. Because if they had chicken coops with no chickens, there would need to be something to kind of say why we have chicken coops, eggs. Yeah. You know, all the chickens died, but we got all these eggs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe that eggs was just part of 
some kind of bartering system. He got them free, you know. Yeah. I give you workers, you give me eggs, I sell the eggs. Dang. So that kind of started to make sense a little bit. The uh, the fact that they used their those dump trucks. My mom said that they would ride in the back of those trucks all the time. They would go down to the coast. Yeah. All the kids would lay down. They had a like a tarp and whatever. They would lay down in the back of these trucks and take the trip down. So putting people in the back of those trucks was normal for them. They knew how to do it, you know. It was, like, not a big issue. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, that might kind of fit. That might kind of work. And there's no evidence for any of this. This is all theory, you know. But there was another, like, piece of the evidence that has to do with the doctor. And uh, I'll probably tell you that off the air. Okay. But, um, the, uh, but I think the doctor had to be involved in case – People were sick or, you know, things that were going on that they needed dealing with. You would have to have a doctor on your payroll yeah. because a sick worker yeah. was no good mm. to your business, you know. And you would need protection of the church because the church is extremely powerful. Yeah, especially over, yeah. Yeah, the Catholic yeah. church in that area at that time, yeah. very powerful. Yeah. And so you would need protection from the church to operate a business like that at that magnitude. Dang. So I think, and that's my theory on how, what he was doing behind the scenes and all that. Yeah. And the fact that he was so ruthless in his like dealings, but so well respected was just very like kind of a confirmation that he was probably not just an egg salesman. An egg salesman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the last thing that I talked with my mom about that um, – because I always tell her, yeah, poor people. That sounds like poor people, you know. Yeah. Um, but the last thing that that we recently talked about was that she said that they, they loved camping. You know, they would always go camping. Oh, yeah, they did. But they had these giant the cots. tents. Those big tents. And yeah. cots. Mm -hmm. They had uh, – a, a dining like tent, mm -hmm. you know. My mom said that that she would she had like her own vanity where she could sit and do her makeup, <laughs> you know. In this in the tent, everybody had carpets at their foot of their cot, you know, so they could rub their feet at night, you know. All this stuff. My grandmother had a an oven that she could bake in, and I'm going. I'm telling my mom, this is none of this is normal. Yeah. None of that. Mm -hmm. Any family in America that's going camping yeah. does not have any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And they would take like 30 people with them yeah. and stay for a week yep. on these on these camping trips. Mm -hmm. I'm like, who, <laughs> where did they get all the food? Who paid for that? Yeah. You guys were so poor that you had nothing. Yeah. But th a trip like that with that kind of equipment... That cannot be cheap. And I'm like, where did you store all that stuff? <laughs> when you weren't camping, yeah. that's not like something you just shove in a closet, you know? And so she's like, yeah, I never thought of that. <laughs> you know, I was like, 
You make very good points. I never thought of that. I'm like, you were not poor. Stop saying you were poor. <laughs> there may have been aspects of your life that you lived as you were poor, but I mean, you had some privileges that I've never even heard of. Right. People living like that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, man. That's an interesting, That's very awesome. interesting group of people. <laughs> um, but if you go look at like the uh, Tamale Mafia Facebook page or any place that I've put the Tamale Mafia graphic up, the picture in the middle of the of the graphic is my grandfather and grandmother, the ones that the Tamale Mafia is named after, yeah. Gerardo and Felicita. <laughs> so two amazing, amazing people. Yep. And I kind of got to a point with my my research where I kind of wanted to stop um, because of some of the other stuff I'll tell you later. Yeah. But I, I kind of was like, maybe some things are better left unknown. You know, it was a different time. <laughs> they <laughs> did things that they had to do or whatever, you know. Yeah. And uh, there's probably, like one for one, there's really not a lot of evidence, but a lot of those stories are gone, you know, yeah. and there's really no way to dig any deeper and find out anything about these people because the, there was no records. They didn't want to be known. They didn't want to be known. They didn't want to be on paper. Yep. They didn't want to leave any records. And the people that knew them are all gone, mostly gone. Mm-hmm. So there's only very few people left. And I think of the few that are there, probably majority of them won't want to talk to me about it. Yeah. you know. So I just let it go. I was like, I'm going to let the legend live. <laughs> let the legend live in my head. Yeah. And uh, and just let it go. But forever, Tamale Mafia will be a representation of of who he was and, yeah. and the legacy that he left in us. Because one thing that I've always been told about him was that you and... Adrian, my brother, Adrian, that the podcast people haven't met yet. Yeah. Me, you know, we were like, he was ready for us. You know, he, he was looking forward to us, yeah. and he had plans. <laughs> <laughs> he had plans for us. He <laughs> wanted us to be really, really bad people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, you know. That's what my mom said. My mom was like, dude, the stories that he would he was always say, Hey, I want the guy I want the boys to throw me in the lake and throw yeah, rocks at I me and that. kick me and like he wanted us to be ornery as fuck. Yeah. And he was gonna see to it that it that we turned out that way. She was like He tried he started it with me. Yeah. He passed away too soon. Wouldn't he do like food fights and stuff with you no, or something? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he had he had high hopes <laughs> that we would be the worst of the worst, <laughs> which is real interesting to me because he had extremely high standards for his kids. I know, extremely, very strictly. Yeah, there was they got they got away with nothing. Mm-mm. And my mom said that he he could control a room with his eyes. That that all he had to do was just look at you. And you knew that meant, like, if whatever the fuck you're doing right now, stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But he didn't have to say it. 
All he had to do was just look at you, and she said you just freeze in your tracks. Yeah. And then he would look at the floor, mm-hmm. and that meant sit your ass down right there. Yeah. And that's where you sat down. Yeah. I mean, again, that's not normal, you know. <laughs> that's a command of of power mm-hmm. and presence, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, he was something else, dude. Well, I guess we've said it all, huh? I think so. We've said plenty. But we've said nothing. <laughs> My silent partner has said almost <laughs> nothing. <laughs> but plenty. <laughs> Way more than he expected to. Yeah. See how easy it is? Yeah, it's pretty easy. Once you start once you start talking, you just it just it just works. But I could never do it by myself. Yeah. Well, it's not exactly uh it's not it's not easy, but it is easy. Like I said earlier, the hard part about it is just having the one way conversation. Well, at least here you I was bouncing off of you, but yeah. you know, usually if it's just me and the microphone, it's hard to have that one way conversation, keep it moving and feel like I'm uh still being entertaining and having a point. I was like, anybody know what the fuck I'm talking about? <laughs> Are you as confused as I am now? Okay, good. Let's go to some music. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, uh, all right, man. We've said it all. We've said plenty. All right. Some more little stories. this. Listen up. Be the silent partner on a podcast, the silent co-host. Try to say as much as you possibly fucking can. <laughs> All right, peace out. The Tamale Mafia podcast is brought to you by me. shows.pippa.io forward slash tamale mafia for more information about the tamale mafia podcast find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash tamale mafia there's nothing there trust me our intro music is brought to you by me our transition music is brought to you by bensound.com for more royalty free music check out bensound.com bensound please don't sue me i like your music Outro music is brought to you by Lim for more mind-blowing intellectual electronic checks. Tracks, can't read. Go to soundcloud.com forward slash get limb. That's L-I-M-N. And as always, thanks for listening.